Good afternoon, Mike. How you doing? Hey, Sam. Good. How was Sunday for you? Oh, Sundays are always, you know, full. They're always full. Good, yep. full day uh, so far. It was a good day in church, you know, a good uh, December service. Always interesting, you know, because students are going and, you know, it's kind of very transient with family things. But overall, yeah. I think it was still a pretty good... Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic service today. Yeah, that was, that was a um, good day. It was a lot of us... Uh, in worship wearing the christmas sweaters which is nice to see i wasn't sure how many of us there would be but um, yeah that's cool that's good the festive vibes were in full force but uh, <laughs> next week of course um this coming sunday is christmas on charles street yes so be there for that and wear your christmas sweaters or wear green it. your red whatever something it's gonna be toned down acoustic got some special drinks well, like hot chocolate and, and apple cider. Don't get too excited, but yep. delicious festive treats for everybody. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very excited about it's gonna that. It's going to be great. Yeah, the the I like. I wish I don't know. There's something about the treats that we have around Christmas time. I'm like, why couldn't I just? Why can't I just eat this year round? Because I love it so much. You should. But then again, like be free. But but there's also just like Christmas is special because we now have permission to have those treats and it's kind of associated with the season sure well you, know, you I don't, don't really like see what, the stuff like in what? stores what can't you eat any like, time of year candy canes just do it yeah but like i don't know they're just not sold this like other times of the year True. in stores you just gotta eat like it, so it's actually it's a really a supply side problem because they're just not making the stuff and putting it in there's got to be a christmas store somewhere that has it all year round for sure but it's probably run by a guy who looks like santa claus so I just feel like that's how it would work. There's that Christmas store in Niagara on the lake. You ever been there? No. Actually, I'm surprised. I have. I have been there. Oh, okay. Multiple times. I shouldn't have said no so fast. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I feel like you go to Niagara on the lake a fair bit. Yeah. We, we, we yeah. walk in there, look for ornaments. We've gotten one for every kid. Nice. I think Liv's was a ballet dancer. And what was Weston's? I don't actually remember. His may have been an instrument. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, we went and got ornaments. And then they have some funny stuff in there. It's true. But I never noticed if they have like candy canes. It's always like ornamental stuff. That's lights true. Yeah, and, it's always like, house decor. Not a lot of food. Yeah, really. so stuff like that. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, it's cool. Like, I think there's enough demand. Like, some people go all out for Christmas. It's such a huge industry. And, um, you know, I think parents pass it down to their kids and just uh, keeps perpetuating it's itself true. so makes sense and starbucks be... man they go all out for christmas all new flavors yep caramel brulee that's the thing that's yeah what I remember it's, it's these sto- like i don't it's kind of a chicken or egg thing is it like do people want this stuff this time of year or is it just because it's available this time of year and people want it i don't know i'd have to look hey, into the who knows? market dynamics of that a little bit more but but like i would i feel like i would drink apple cider like in the summertime if it was if oh, it was yeah. sold it's in the not summertime. hot, just eat, drink it cold. Yeah, cold apple go. cider. Like I, I just because it even a hot apple cider in the summertime. Why not? Why not? It's good. People still drink hot coffee in the summertime. So it's true. It is is very true, especially if it's good quality apple cider. Mm-hmm. Never bad. Stuff. Never bad decision. Yeah. Well, Mike, this is probably going to be our last episode of 2019. Well, it is going to be our last episode of 2019. I'm I'm declaring it as such right now. Um, before we take a little bit of a, uh, a break for the holidays and new years, but I just kind of wanted to spend some time 
looking back on what 2019 has meant for you, for me, for our church, for um, just, I don't know, the world of the world in general. Um, but let's, let's start just talking about, let's look back to where we were at the beginning of the year. What uh, kind of just the changes that have happened since then, like we had just moved into Cameron Heights, um, I think like a month prior in January of 2019. Um, I th- yeah, very true. I th- very true. think we, we did a Sabbath Sunday, actually, the, um, the, a similar time last year, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we I don't. Another one coming up. Or I don't know if we did it. Did we do it? No, we didn't do it last year. No. Because uh, we did. We had we had a forced one on the second week. We were at Cameron Heights. Remember, uh, the room was already rented or something, so we couldn't do church. Okay, that was Sabbath. So Sunday we had then. to skip earlier. Yeah, in in the in the in the month, but we probably should have done a Sabbath Sunday later in the month because you know it was hard to get volunteers last year. Let's just say that. Um, and it does seem like getting volunteers has become less of an issue. Like, I think we've seen that kind of growth over the course of the year, even like today, you know, two weeks before Christmas. Um, like, obviously, we're doing, you know, we're expecting lower numbers, I think, next Sunday, because it is so close to Christmas, but we're still able to pull off church, kind of no question, I don't, it seems like. Yeah, well, we're almost like this time last year, like last year's Sunday was the 16th. And we had, you know, um, just above 65 people, you know, and so trying to pull off volunteers and everything with that and having, I think we had somewhere around 120 today, uh, which is a little bit lower than where we've been over the fall. But like you said, kind of, we expected it. Right. And so be able to say that we have double the population to pull from is just, you know, it's awesome. And, And it's a huge shift for us. And 2019 was good clarifying. I think we figured out a lot of stuff about who we are still lots to figure out. But that's kind of, I find, I don't know, I found this and I don't know if this is true of other pastors, but you know, when, when you're in ministry and you yourself are growing and figuring it out, inevitably it's going to affect the church you lead because you're going to be preaching and teaching and leading out of that space. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and our team has grown or our, um, like our, our key leadership, our ops team, as we call it, has grown. Um, it's changing again. We're adding, um, hopefully going to add some more people on in the new year. And it's just like, things are always shifting and changing and growing, which is, both good and terrifying, right? Because growth requires responsibility and more time and more energy and more effort and more funds yes. <laughs> everything, right? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, a year ago, we were a month into the school. Still Risen City um, Church. No, still Risen City, no staging, just, you know, making it happen with what the school provided. Um, yeah, actually, that's a lot, of, a lot of aesthetic differences. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that long ago that we were still just running off the the big stage up top. Um, we didn't even have yeah. like we we weren't even hanging the screen up. We were we were kind of stacking it on the two rolly bins. Um, yeah, like we've we've really come a long way even from like six months ago. I think it's been it's yeah. Been when awesome. when you kind of have to make it happen, it might not be perfect, which is kind of a lesson of life, right? Like, kind of just kind of make make it happen, make family happen, make, you know, uh, dinner time happen with kids. It doesn't have to be perfect, but yeah, you figure it out. It's great. It's a good life metaphor, this church. Yeah, it absolutely is. How would you say your, your like Sunday routine has shifted? Um, because you had your third child this year. Um, has that mm-hmm. really, has that significantly impacted even your, like your weekly schedule? Um, the way that you, you do church on Sunday? Uh, Sundays, no. Um, it's the same thing. We get up, really early 
get the kids ready to go and out the door. So Sundays is not really different. Saturdays is not really different. I still prep a Saturday night. You know, kids go to bed and I go do my sermon and pray for the next day and whatnot. Um, it's mainly just timing in the week. Adding a third kid um, for all you people who are going to do that eventually, you know, does shift rhythms again because you can't. Um, someone always has to be occupied, but not by a parent, right? So either it's you know, a craft, a book, a nap time, right? So it just shifts everything around. Um, so that's been the biggest thing is just the rhythm of life. Like we changed my day off. So now I'm, you know, taking Fridays off instead of Mondays, kind of experiment with like the best thing for the family. What's the best, best rhythm? And that's been cool. But uh, yeah, no, it's Sundays is still the same thing for us. You know, we come in, uh, help set up, preach, go home, rest as much as we can with three kids. But yeah. What would you say is the biggest difference in our church, maybe, um, from this time last year till now? What do you think is, if you can point to one thing that's just yeah. changed, what is that? Well, I think um, definitely I am completely unnecessary, I would say, um, yeah, especially Sunday mornings. Elaborate on that a little bit. Like, yeah. Well, like part of the things that we try to lead people in, something, that we, something I think I heard from Annie Stanley first is that like, if you can lead yourself out of a job, you'll always be needed. And so the idea is like a good leader always replaces themselves and makes themselves unnecessary because the team is a great team, right? And kind of where we're at was, you know, having to be there, solve every problem. Um, and the goal was trying to get like our lead team kind of unnecessary uh, to need to be there to solve everything for like a setup. And, you know, with the church growing and with people really growing in leadership, like, yeah, I'm unnecessary completely. Um, if I didn't show up, church would still happen. Um, if if Emily didn't show up, the kids would still go. Um, we're almost at the point where, where Megan kind of doesn't need to show up either, and it happens. Ivan uh, didn't show up today because uh, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Ivan. Yeah, happy birthday, um, Ivan. And, and, and the worship band still made it happen and went forward and did everything with how unnecessary to sunday morning getting pulled off you feel you are now what do you see as like your personal next step for our church like what's now the thing that you've got to to really own that only you can kind of own or you as the lead team can kind of own now because we try to be so like unapologetically gifts based and like assignment based and how we lead stuff, which we're still trying to figure out what that really means and how it works in the church. Like um, honing in on what I can do best. Like I know I sort of say it facetiously, but really the only thing I truly bring to the church, right, is teaching in, in, in like ultimately what we call kind of an apostolic leadership. Uh, which is about like that spiritual entrepreneurship from God for like new things. And so like, I'm not really a, a useful beyond those two things. <laughs> so uh, diving in deep into teaching, like uh, trying to figure out more scope and sequence of how we teach and what we um, like content wise can create for the church. Um, working a little bit more on that side of things. And, you know, Meg and I were talking about trying to be more strategic in how we teach Suther through certain things and you know really be more ultimately strategy based on trying to achieve what we feel god's called us to do that it's less in the weeds for me and more in the future which i like thinking about yeah. um and so really like like 
that's basically what I can do. So like my plans ultimately will be to raise up other preachers and um, like we've been thinking about trying to put together, not really like it wouldn't be an internship, but it almost be like a ministry training where um, I'd, I'd love to just help essentially teach and train future pastors of our church and yeah. leaders or I don't know if like whatever titles attached to it, whatever, it doesn't really matter to me, but um, developing curriculum for that and just things that we think are unique to us and our expression. So I just see a lot more of that kind of teaching in the future. And like, I know we joke about it. And if someone's new to our church who's listening, like, you know, in, in a very humble way, like I have enough vision <laughs> for the church. Like, it, like there does... I probably have too much for what I think could be right. And hopefully it's actually from God. And like we talked about this morning, we don't want anything that's not God. Like I can have a great I imagination of future things, but really trying to hone that into what God is truly speaking. So spending much more time um, as a team discerning those things, that's kind of where it needs to go that we have a, an operation team that is heavily led in giftings towards those areas. And then I get to kind of, do what only I can do, as you said, and that's basically teach and uh, hear from Jesus. So, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I like that. Like, I don't really have that much skill beyond that, to be honest. Like, I got to learn a lot. So. so, what I take from that is that you basically mission accomplished on uh, making yourself unnecessary for a Sunday morning to be carried out. Now, your focus is to uh, train up more people. That can basically kind of do what you do at the moment for our church, so that you can kind of think even bigger picture. Is that kind of essentially that that that's the hope? Like we also have a model that we're trying to work out, right? Like people, if you've been at a church, you know this is not like this is not new news. But like we want to start more churches, and like we've planted it to be a movement, right? To spark something, not just like create one monolithic community. And so, at the end of the day, I think our church will never fully leave the planting phase. And so, because I'm kind of bent in that direction, I feel like I'll always be involved in the next thing. Yeah. Like once the this current thing is is like operational, and again, I don't think I'll ever not teach. Yeah. And preach. Like I feel like, like if I didn't do that, I I would feel absolutely useless to their church yep i'm sure there's other things i could do but um but ultimately like when we plant a, another another site or you know i've talked about why don't we just do six mm-hmm. <laughs> right always be involved in that stuff so i think it's kind of yeah like seeing the future and really trying to figure out how how do i get there and how, how do i hear jesus in the right way to like this my this is maybe a little bit too theological for this conversation but you know it's who we are is like i also believe that not only does god have an assignment for our church but has key like key strategies to get us to where he wants us to be that like we we don't just hear the end goal and just think, okay, let me go create the path. Like, I really want to be sensitive to saying, God, okay, if you have this for us, you want us to be this like church planting church, you know, I want you to tell us how we want, we're supposed to do that. Like, and to me, that's not abdication of responsibility because we still got to do the work and figure it out. But it's saying, God, like, do you want us to be this kind of church or that kind of church? Or, you know, are we allowed to shift here, shift there? And so I'm really trying to spend a lot more time, like getting stuff off my plate so that I can actually do that. Right. And, um, and I, that's what it feels like for me to be the ultimate spiritual leader in this context. Cause even on the, on the lead team, right? Like my role is teaching a vision. So like 
I got to kind of have an answer for them, <laughs> for those things, you know? And, and so, yeah, but the problem is I really like strategy and I really like thinking about that stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I believe that, but I don't know. I, yeah, like uh, ultimately my goal is to make me completely unnecessary. Yeah. And that's awesome. Like that's just, cause at the end of the day, then, then, then the church is about Jesus and not about Mike. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like it, we can be multiple communities all like together in the same mission, but like, it's not about me. It's like if Sam's preaching, which Sam, as we all know, is an excellent preacher. Like it's not going to feel like it's, it's less than, than the experience if, if Mike's there. Cause it's not about Mike. Right. Like, and yeah, we could say that's the one gift I bring, but like, that doesn't mean God's not going to gift our church in so many other ways to other people. And so raising up a good solid preaching team will come down. And then, then yeah, like to me, like I know it sounds morbid. We talk about it. I, I don't know if we talk about this on the cast as explicitly as this, but like, like if I died, who gives a rip? Hopefully you'll cry for a bit, but yeah. then the mission moves forward. You know, God's gifted this church to move forward. And whatever we're creating hopefully is unique enough in its expression that people want and want to be involved. And the language can continue forward. And the idea of, you know, the disciplines and the, and the fruit and the gifts and, and the encounters with Jesus can facilitate the future that, because at the end of the day, if, if, if I, if we built this church off mic, that's a, then this is a church for one generation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's just not good planning. Right. Like at the end of the day, you know, this church will never, will not be here into forever. Obviously it doesn't really matter in the scope of eternity, but why not create something that can outlast us? Yes. Yep. Right. And so, yeah, that's kind of the goal, I guess, is just to keep growing in that way. And whether it's one church or whether it's many churches, it's like true. Like I know it sounds cliche at this point in our community, but like truly whatever Jesus wants, we're saying yes to and trying to discern what that is. And then if it, seems crazy like we talk about mary today in church and you know birthing the messiah like even if it seems a little bit crazy i'm gonna be like jesus if you said it then (laughs) that's what matters right so so yeah that's kind of where i see it it's just like you know all the stuff we grew over this year 20 or 2019 right has been really awesome just getting us set up for better things in the future right that focus can be given more and attention can be given more to certain things and I'm like, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Um, so over the course of 2019, you preached on a few different uh, books of the Bible or themes, uh, some different sermon series you had. You had the Ten Commandments series, Acts, um, back in the earlier part of the year. Um, you had some kind of one-off series, but then you focused on the book of Philippians as well for a little bit um, and around a lot of the themes um, in that book. And then recently you just finished a series on marriage and relationships is a lot of what you've been thinking about in your life and in your growth as a leader coming out in those series? Like what's, what's some of the reason that you choose these books or these themes um, when you did? What, 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 was, what was going through your mind in 2019 when you chose to preach on those things? The Ten Commandments, and I just wanted to do, to be honest. I thought it'd be a cool one because it, a lot of the a lot of the ones like that when I like I did Ecclesiastes before in the church when I did it vapor and then uh, the ten are kind of meant to be more cultural critiques ser- sermon series things that like speak in directly against some of the <laughs> modern takes on truth and justice so you know like in vapor is about all right all about you know the the, the flightiness of life and greed and self you know 
actualization, things like that I wanted to deal with. And so in Ten Commandments, it's all about um, absolute morality and then the betterness of Jesus and how, you know, he goes deeper into reformation of the soul, really, um, and how he's a better covenant. And so he's trying to tackle some of those like, like murder is a real thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it, people are like, well, of course this, but then we dealt with abortion, right? And, and the slandering of human life um, or lying, right? And it's not just lying. It's it's about truth and the absolute nature of truth. So I, I, I want to do those ones more as like this kind of cultural critique and kingdom living kind of thing. Um, but the other ones, honestly, were like... <laughs> Between that and Easter, it was more just like whatever I felt I wanted to preach on that week. Um, and obviously prayerfully, because mm-hmm. uh, I knew we just needed to get to Easter and then we were going to start this next series. And Philippians was another one where I kind of felt called to do it. I didn't really have a reason. It just felt like I wanted to do that book. And um, then we, when we were doing out the themes of it, like the saints and servants, I think just so beautifully captured the heart of what we were trying to do. And kind of really, really worked out actually. Um, but I, that one, right, was a lot about identity and admission. And I really felt like we had to, I think, re-up those themes for the church. Who are we and what are we about? Um, and then honestly, the selfless one was simply because I really felt God said to do it. I was struggling a lot with what we're going to preach in the fall. And uh, I honestly just said, Jesus, like, whatever you want me to preach, I'll just do. Like, I, as... You know, I really like preaching books of the Bible now. I, I, when, I, when I first started preaching, I didn't. I really liked just thematically, but I've really got used to like going through um, certain sections of scripture, you know, be it um, be it the uh, the Ten Commandments, or we did that mini one, like the counterculture. I did that one because in lieu of politics and in the, in the vote, I wanted to just engage a couple of those themes. Um, but that was just through some of the, you know, um, Sermon on the Mount stuff. But yeah, it was just... I really felt God say I need to do marriage one. Yeah, it was <laughs> so. great. I mean, I just think about uh, just hearing about all the different connect groups, um, kind of all talking about these themes. And I think for a lot of people in our church right now, especially uh, so many of us young adults, it was a very important thing to talk about. Um, I think it's one of those things that you probably need to do quite often, to be honest, because it's always going to be something that we slip into bad habits over. We just need that that reminder, that gentle kind of shake to... Mm-hmm. to really have a proper mindset about all of those things. Um, I had amazing discussions in my connect group about that, and I do think it was good for our church. Yeah, I, I, I felt like back in the, I think it was in the summer that I needed to do something on marriage, but I thought it was going to be like maybe three weeks, just a quick one. Um, but I just couldn't escape. It was one of those things I just couldn't escape. I was like, I just felt God keep laying on my heart to do it. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where like, you're right, it's, you're always, I think, have a good return on a good marriage series. Yeah. Right. There's certain things you got to hit. And like outside of like a marriage series, there, there isn't many other series that I actually enjoy doing. Like, <laughs> I just can't, I could, I can't even think of how to do like three weeks on one topic. Like even today, like this sermon today had like essentially nine points. Right. And I like, I know I could have probably broken them up more in depth, but it's like, how, how, how can I really talk about 45 minutes on how God knows your name? Like, I'm sure I could figure that out, but it's like, why not just hit it and, and move on, right? Like make the point. Um, and so marriage, I, I, I like doing a little more in depth because I think everyone needs it and I'm learning and I'm growing and, you know, the marriage series I'll preach this year will probably very, 
will be very similar, but I think more mature next year or the year after. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just one of those things where God knew what what, what the church needed. And um, and then there's other ones like, so Sam knows like we're, I'm going to do the first week of the year of 2020 will be one on prayer because we're going to launch into 21 days of prayer mm-hmm. and fasting yeah. as a church. It's exciting. Um, but then the next series is going to be all about fear uh, and certain fears of culture, mm-hmm. right? Not like faith and fear, but the fear of missing out, the fear of not being great, the fear of monotony that sort of plagues the modern millennial mind. Um, and that simply just because I heard about those things, I was like, I want to tackle that. And this seems like the right time. So like there's sometimes it's just what what I feel maybe is interesting to me. But yeah, overall, it's just like, I know it sounds so cheesy, but I actually labor in, in worry and stress about praying through the sermons because I don't, I really do want whatever God wants. And so... Like even now I'm praying about next year, like, you know, I'm thinking about doing one, another letter of Paul, maybe Galatians or Colossians again. Um, so I, did, I did Colossians like six years ago, maybe in another church I was at. Um, and I just love the book. And I just think there's so many great themes for our church being where we're at. Yeah. Um, but then again, I could, I love doing the Sermon on the Mount. I'm writing some prayer like devotionals through the Sermon on the Mount for our church right right now. And I think that'd be really, really cool. Anyway, so it just kind of, I honestly just take time to pray about it. I know it sounds so like typical pastor or whatever, but legitimately I try to actually sit down and just say, Jesus, like I got six weeks here. I got, you know, three weeks. Because obviously Easter, we know what you're going to talk about. Like the themes, you got to work out, but it's going to be Easter, right? Mm-hmm. Good Friday, good Friday. It's not complex. Um but yeah, I'm I'm I love doing big books of the Bible, so we'll see what happens in 2020. But yeah, I'm excited for 2020. Um, I think that that first series on fear, I'm really looking forward to hearing. Um, I think it's going to be another one that just uh, gives people the wake up call they need uh, on some things, especially me. I mean, definitely, uh, I can see there being a lot that I'm going to need to apply to my own life in that series, and uh, look forward to seeing what you bring to the table each week. Um, before we go today, I wanted to do some just kind of quick lighter hits on uh, 2019. Um, what was the f- your favorite book you read this year? It doesn't have to be from this year, just uh, your favorite book you read. Um, well, um, I finished the, the Divine Conspiracy this year, which is probably the best book I read. Yep. Um, and then I read a little book called 20 Lessons from Tyranny or something like that. I just finished it. It's just about going through like essentially Nazism and 20 lessons we can learn from the modern world so we don't repeat history. Right. Um, that was a pretty cool book too, yeah, actually. Sounds good. Um, it was very s- small, but it, it was it was interesting to see how history can repeat itself pretty easily if you don't... Don't watch it. Stay aware. Yeah. yeah. But So those are probably the two most interesting ones for sure. Awesome. How about you? Yeah, I think probably the best book I read this year or finished this year is probably Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. Uh, it was a, just a brilliant meditation on the themes of that story. And uh, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a pretty easy read. Um, definitely would recommend it to anyone. If you, even if you're not like typically a theology reader, I think it's, it's got enough narrative heft to it um, that you, you'd you enjoy it and get a lot out of it. And just the way he writes is uh, is beautiful and really speaks to the depths of the, the human condition, I think. So mm-hmm. really liked that one. Um yeah, my next question would be, what was your favorite movie you saw in 2019? Oh, do I, did I even watch a movie? What did I watch? <laughs> this might be a bad question. I just watched Frozen 2 in the theaters. Oh, wow. That, you know, was Frozen. So, um, movie. 
movie. What was my favorite movie? Um, I can't even think of one, to be honest. Uh, did you go see Endgame this year? I did. That was pretty good. I, like the thing is, because of our kids, like we don't watch a lot of movies. We just can't really yeah. like invest. Nothing in, on Netflix either. Well, we I I watched uh, Parks and Rec this year. That's not a movie, <laughs> but that was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, fair. I'm trying to think. Uh, is there a movie that like there's not like there's not one that's like captured captured me like certain movies that's I just fair. love Gladiator best movie ever but <laughs> um yeah no I can't uh I can't even think of one so either I wasn't paying enough attention or nothing really stood out to me Endgame was you know was a great movie sure um shout out to Matt Ninaber he he did a movie called Transcendence or Transference sorry. Um, transference. I watched that one th- this year. He did a great job. Five year project. Nice. Pull, pulled it out. Shout out. Um, how about you? I know you have one obviously on the tip of your tongue. You yeah, know yeah. I, well, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was my favorite movie of the year, but I'd give uh, I'd give Parasite and Knives Out honorable mentions. Those were those were excellent as well. Um, Knives Out still in theaters. I really recommend everyone go watch it, especially if you like mystery movies. Um, I have heard good fun. things. I have great. heard uh, some pretty solid reviews. Yeah, definitely. If you get a chance, go check it out. Um, the other, the other question I have is, what was your favorite song of 2019? Song? Yeah, man. What kind of millennial questions are these? Um, song. Know, man. You're a millennial. Song, song, song. Um, right now, the one that's like is um, just on repeat is uh, Nothing Else by Cody Carnes. It's a worship song. And that's one I listen to a lot. Um, I obviously like the Kanye album. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think it was this year that I learned about this guy named Alec Benjamin. Apparently he's pretty famous. Nice. He's got some good tunes. Um, went and saw John Mayer in concert for my birthday. Awesome. So that's pretty cool. That's so really cool. I had a good musical year. We'll we'll, we'll say that. Yeah, music was a little bit uh, more active for you than than movies. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> That's good because I'm so cultured, you know. Yeah. All that, all that good stuff. How about you? Yeah, for I think for the first time ever in my life, my favorite song of the year was by a Christian artist, and uh, it was uh, a little bit of Faith by King's Kaleidoscope. That was uh, on repeat for most of the summer and honestly most of the year in general so that would be probably it for me there's a lot of, i there's a lot of really good songs this year but that one sticks out is probably the, the song i listen to the most so i'm gonna go with that cool yeah cool can't forget obviously in 2019 um two best moments um number one obviously had a son being born number yes, one moment obviously for sure charlie yeah second biggest moment um, the Raptors won, so we got to celebrate that. Yeah, learned some tough lessons about rental players, but hey, paid off. Paid off. Sometimes it's worth it. Like and, that was uh, a. You have to respect hey, the hustle there. That was a good bet. Yeah, I respect the hustle. No, you side did a great job constructing that team. Here we are. So this year, not doing as good as I thought. Uh, better than expected to be for, for most people, but anyways, Kawhi was a uh, a blessing to this area. So. Got to give props to where it is due, as uh, the young ones say. Yeah, that was a definitely definitely a legendary moment. People will be talking about that that championship team for decades to come in Toronto. So, 
decades. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shout out. And we had year two as a church, which was obviously a great moment. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we get to end, end the year strong. So overall, 2019 was pretty solid. Yeah, I will look back on 2019 pretty fondly. fondly. Obviously, um, I'm uh, now in a relationship that happened in 2019. You are. It did. uh, And And who knows what 2020 holds for that? Who knows what 2020 holds for that? That's right. Awesome. Well, Mike, I will let you go. I'll let you get back to your family on this lovely Sunday afternoon. I hope you have a great day. And uh, to our church. Happy New Year. Thanks for Happy listening to the cast all year Merry long. Merry Christmas. Appreciate all of it. it. Merry Christmas. Yep, the See whole you in deal. 2020. See you in 2020.